0: Would you open God's precious holy word to Ephesians chapter 6, and we've come to verse 13. Last time in verse 12, we saw the nature of our enemy, the hierarchy of evil that is in the spiritual realms above us. We face an enemy that we cannot see. We cannot outwit him. We cannot outthink him. We cannot outrun him. We cannot outmaneuver him. He is stronger, smarter, and there are more of him than there are of us. How then can we fight this spiritual battle? The Lord doesn't leave us without instruction, nor does he leave us without the appropriate equipment that we might appropriate to ourselves so that we can fight this battle. It's a warfare that rages constantly against God and his Christ, against the word of God, against the truth of God, against the church, against the people, each of us individually. We're under constant attack. So previously, verse 12, he described the uh, Organization of the enemy and the spiritual, evil, wicked na- uh, nature of the enemy. So he continues in verse 13 because of this, because you can't stand there and outsmart, outrun, outthink, outfight the devil. You can't do it. I can't do it. It's impossible. We need a savior. We need a plan. We need equipment. We need the Lord's instructions. Because of this, take up the complete armor of God. And when he says the complete armor of God, we should understand that even though there are six parts of the overall suit of armor, having told us that we're to take up the complete armor of God, we're to understand here that not one of these is more important than the other. It's a package deal. If if something was left out, you could, you could be mortally wounded in battle, so you have to take up the whole thing. The whole armor of God, the complete armor of God. Why? So that you may, may be able to oppose, to withstand to stand against in the evil day. Let me read the rest of it. And having done all things to stand. Now go back earlier in this section, we wrestle. We talked about the nature of wrestling. And it was a Sometimes, many times, most of the times, a fight to the death back in that Greco-Roman world. They had certain techniques, a particular technique where they would try to grasp the throat and then finally throw down the enemy. This was the adversary, the opponent. The object was to throw him down and get him off his feet. So we're told here, don't let that happen to you. You stand, you keep standing. Our job is to stand or withstand and resist and to keep standing, that's our job. We can do this, it's not that complicated. We can do it because we're not in our own power. Remember earlier, uh, what, verse 10? We're in the power and the strength of God. In Christ, positioned in Christ, we're in the strength and power of Christ himself. So he comes and appropriates us this equipment. Having done everything, having done all things, now that references the complete armor of God. We are positioned in Christ, Ephesians 1 through 3. We are to practice our Christianity in a practical way. Chapters, uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3 is positioned, 4, 5, and 6 is practice or practicality of Christian living and toward the end here of these instructions and the air, the imperative is used. We're told do this, do this, do this. It's an apostolic command. The ending, the ending of our instructions, the final part of our instructions is to, is to stand in the fight Don't get knocked down. Just keep standing. Resist and stand. Withstand and stand. It doesn't tell us to charge or anything else. It tells us to stand. We're told in another part of the scriptures that if we resist the devil, he'll flee from us. He threatens and intimidates, but against the believer who is suited up, He finds himself powerless. So here we go with this complete armor of God. Stand therefore, that's in the imperative. That's a command. Stand therefore. The first one is this. Having girded your loins with truth. Now the word truth up here in in, uh, the text is, uh, is the word aletheia which means truthfulness or truth as opposed to lie. That which is true as opposed to that which is just not true. Absolute truth is the word of God. There is no higher nor deeper absolute truth nor greater absolute truth than the word of God. So, here's where we start. We put on this big belt, this girdle, this big belt. Gird your loins with truth. Now, this is all based upon, a, upon the armor of a Roman soldier. Paul is in prison when he writes this. A, a Roman soldier was always chained to him 24-7. He was never out of the presence of a Roman soldier. So he could get a good look at a Roman set of armor all day long for, for days, days on end. Now, gird your loins with truth. This big belt, this big belt is the first line of defense here. Here's why. One would sheathe his sword. He would carry his sword on his belt. A Roman soldier would be woefully unprepared without his sword. He had to have a place to carry his sword. Not only that, the breastplate, the breastplate would connect to the belt. So the belt is sort of the centerpiece and everything else is, is, is connected to that. And if you don't have that belt, your breastplate's not going to stay in place. It's going to fall off. You're not going to have a way to carry your sword uh, into battle and all kinds of things can go wrong so this is this is sort of central to everything else and what is central to the warfare for the believer is truth the devil is a liar satan has an all, seemingly endless barrage of flaming arrows that he shoots at us. It is almost like on the spiritual battlefield, the spiritual sky is blackened with the flaming arrows of the enemy shooting those things at us, and it rains down upon us. It's meaningless to us if we're suited up. We have... We have power that is beyond our power. We stand in the strength and the power and the empowerment of the Lord. That strength starts with truth, truthfulness. May I say, and I say it all the time, and I cannot say it enough if we're going to be what we ought to be and need to be, especially on the spiritual battlefield, we're going to have to be people of the Word. And that word is going to have to be supreme above everything else. It doesn't matter what I read, what I see, what I hear, what's reported. If in any way it opposes the word of God, I cannot accept it. I will not accept it. I'll I'll refute it. It's a lie. And Satan is the father of lies. He's extraordinarily and keenly intelligent. We talked about that last time, what the words mean and... About his creation and the fact that this perfect wisdom was created in him when he was created. I cannot match his wits. My thoughts cannot match his thoughts. My plans cannot match his plans. He's too smart. He's too strong. He's too well organized. So what do I do? I'm just told to stand and it starts... With truth. I have to be strong in the truth. Central to everything else. If it's all going to fit and and stay in place. Central to that is truth. Having girded your loins with truth. Number two. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness. Now, we we know what those things look like. The, The breastplate is molded to look like the pectorals and the abdominals of Hercules, you know. To make him look stronger and meaner than probably what he is, but it snaps together and it covers the back and the front. But not only that, the belt has something that snaps on the front of the belt and goes across to the back of the belt. It's a leather strap. And that leather strap provides space for the medals and awards and story of that soldier's life in war. Sort of like those ribbons and things that soldiers wear today. There would be different things along there to show what kind of campaigns he had fought, where he had been, identifications of the battles where he fought, and they won great victories. This soldier could constantly be reminded of how even in the fiercest of battles anywhere in the world in the day of the roman empire he could be reminded as well as could others that he was there and he fought and he won and the enemy was defeated before him he would have a constant reminder of that on this strap that would go from the belt to the front of the breastplate to the back all the way, and every time he fought, he would be given different emblems, different awards, different medals to be attached to all the others. So the breastplate of righteousness is an implement that that um, demonstrates what we've been through, but more than that, it demonstrates that the victory came through a power that is not ours. It's righteousness. Now, listen. You see, in the, in the Greek text up here, the kalsunes, another form of that word is justification, to be justified. To be declared just, to be set free from guilt, to no longer be responsible for something that may have been wrong in your life because the innocence or the righteousness of another has been imputed to your life. You have been declared in Christ to be righteous with the righteousness of Christ. This is not your righteousness. This is a great and powerful part of what we wear as a spiritual warrior. Sometimes among those fiery darts will be a reminder of past sin. Or an accusation of sin with which you may be struggling presently. But here's the deal: you see, the liar wants you to think that you you can only stand in your own righteousness, and that if you don't have enough, if you don't have enough points on your side, if you hadn't scored enough points, and who who makes that up? That's that's all a lie. If you don't don't meet the standard of what other people may think is a standard of righteousness and all of these doubts come into your mind and you you start thinking, man, I'm just terrible. Even to the point I've seen people that even doubt their salvation because they're depending upon self-righteousness. Listen to me. That which covers us and protects our vital organs. Why? That which protects us is not our righteousness. I will never in my own righteousness ever stand as acceptable before God. Never in my own righteousness. I have no righteousness. Except that which has been imputed to me by God in Christ. So I stand in the righteousness of Christ. Accuse me all day long. And some of those accusations might be partly true. But I'm not here standing in this fight because I'm righteous. I'm standing in this fight because God has made me to be righteous in Christ. He has covered me with the righteousness of Christ. It covers the heart. It covers the emotions of man. It 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 covers the thoughts in the Bible. A lot of times, the heart is seen as as that which controls the thinking process. You know, as a as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And then uh, (laughs) the bowels are seen as as a seat of emotion. The older you get, the more emotional you get about your bowels, I'll say that. (laughs) But this is not talking about that. This is talking about your emotional mindset. We have to be stable. And we are only stable because God makes us that way in Christ. It's none of me and all of thee. It's not me. It's Christ. It's Christ. And Christ in me so the truth is that Christ is my Savior I am in no wit or in any smidgen of a way my own Savior there's nothing about me that can save myself or contribute to my salvation nothing Christ has done everything for me so I am armored then in this breastplate I'm wearing the breastplate of righteousness, which is not his and this stabilizes me. Accuse me, devil, all that you want to. But listen, I have a lawyer in heaven who stands in my stead. I'm covered with his righteousness and not mine. So we stand against the enemy covered in the righteousness of Christ. Third thing. Having shod the feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Sure footing is vital in a fight. I've been a martial arts instructor since 1971. The first thing I start with regarding any beginner is the stance. There's a thing called hara. Hara. And it has to do with balance and the force of gravity and so forth, the way you breathe. And through the years, you try to make a student understand the importance of a stable stance The stance will shift and move as you engage the adversary. But the stance must be appropriate to the action that is occurring or about to occur. You have to be stable and sure in your footing. How pitiful would the Roman soldiers be if all they ever did was slip and slide and fall down? Some years back, Pat unwittingly tried to kill me. It was her idea? Take a floating tube down a rapid. You're out of control. You can't. You look the way it wants you to look. You just uh-huh, and you're doing this, and she's a whole lot more venturesome than I am. Well, I'm going to go whether you go with me. Well, okay, I'll go. Good grief. I'm a man after all. Well, it was a challenge just to stick your posterior down into the hole. You you had to do this. (laughs) So finally you go, and you have to do this all at once. Feet and hands. And yeah, feet are this way and your hands are this way. And here we go and we're floating down and we get separated and we're going along and then when she gets about 30 or 40 feet I'm still going and she gets hung on a rock and I'm getting that much further away and she said I can't move right here. <laughs> Captain Terrific is on his way totally devoid of how difficult it was to get in that thing in the first place. I got out of it. Let me tell you, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a guy who forges rushing rivers. I've never practiced that. I probably could be good if I practiced, but I was as rookie as you could be. I had tennis shoes on. So I go, how coming, darling? <laughs> I got out of that tube. The minute my foot hit something, it was. <laughs> 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 I fell again. Every time I tried to put my foot on something, it was like slime <laughs> or something. So I get within like 10 feet. And she breaks free. And she said, I'll see you where we get out. <laughs> but I'm stuck now. So I went, through, I went back through the adventure of trying to get in that thing and put my bottom down where it was supposed to be. And finally I did. <laughs> she knows it's true. So you have to give her smelling salts in a minute do you. So she perfectly goes into the place. This was in Townsend, by the way. She perfectly like it was foreordained. She just perfectly floats into the place where these guys are there helping you out and you go up to the bus. I'm 80 feet on the other side and I'm spinning. And I'm 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 doing this. Let me say this: Charles Owens cannot fight this river. It's too strong. But I'm trying, oh wait, what am I going to, I just passed the place to get up, what am I, is there a waterfall up here, where am I going, are there Indians up here? <laughs> Finally, I came to rest in these thick woods. Bus driver says, Mr. Owens." Yeah, <laughs> just come on up here, okay? <laughs> lost my lost my favorite pair of sandals. They were gone. They're gone. My favorite pair of jeans were tore up, and my leg was bleeding. See she laughs at that and to death. Got up there and I just looked at her. See how fun? Yeah, that was great. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's the point. If you're gonna step out somewhere, you gotta have sure footing. Because if you go down, you're done for. You're defeated. You see? Having shod the feet with the readiness, what? Of the gospel of peace. We stand in Christ. Christ, the power of Christ has defeated the enemy. He is a defeated enemy. He's done for. That power resides in me. Now Satan will try to lie to me and make me feel powerless. And he will try to destabilize my life and bring things into my life that would disturb my peace. All I have to do is think of the gospel of Jesus Christ to be ready with the gospel. The Lord saved me. I couldn't give myself peace. The Lord brought me peace. He has given me peace. I am reconciled to the Father. That will never change, never. It will always be that way. Now the enemy will come with his lies and delusions and try to make me think otherwise. He will try to disturb the peace. But I must maintain a readiness with the gospel of peace. The good news is the wrath of God does not abide on me anymore. I'm at peace with God. You cannot disturb me because I know what the gospel says. The good news of Jesus Christ. It is the gospel of peace, of reconciliation. Nothing, nothing ever. Paul puts it like this in Romans 8. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? If God is for us, who can be against us no one the gospel of peace peace he may make me fear the issues of the day try to make me fear the issues of the day he may try to make me fear the issues within my personal life physical life emotional life whatever He even may try to make me fear death itself. But all I have to do is maintain readiness with the gospel of peace. It's all of Christ. All of Christ. And he has declared the peace. In all things. That's an interesting Greek. It's in uh, passing. So now on top of all that, this is not to say that anything is more important, but we're going to keep going on top of all that. And that's a lot of good stuff we've already seen, right? On top of all of that, having taken up the shield of faith. Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Repeat it again in Romans, the just shall live by faith. Repeat it again in Galatians, the just shall live by faith. Repeat it again in Hebrews, the just shall live by faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things that I cannot see. But they are real. Substantive. Faith. The Roman shield was a thing that was about four feet wide I'm sorry, four feet high and two and a half feet wide or so. It covered the whole body. It was a heavy, thick piece of wood or pieces of wood nailed together with a metal covering. The Roman legions could lock their giant shields at the front. The ranks behind them could lock their shields at angles and flat overhead and from the farthest vantage point possible the enemy would unload a volley of flaming arrows darkening the sky with those arrows. The Roman soldier was not afraid. His shield had been treated with a special substance that would quench the fire. So, it wouldn't catch the shields on fire and they would just start walking. Just like, you know, just walking. The front row would have these awful horrible hooked point spears, Roman spear. Others would have their short swords for thrusting. And they'd start walking. Here come all of these flaming arrows. But when they hit the Roman shield, they bounced and were quenched because the shield had been ready for the battle. Having taken up the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Here they come. Here they come. Science falsely so called. Lies about my past. Lies about my Lord and his Christ. Lies about his word. Delusion and lies. Sexual perversion. Lust. Temptation. Greed. Here they come. They're coming from everywhere. But they can't hurt me. Because I'm carrying the shield of faith. Throw out all of the lies that you want to. I stand and live by faith. I believe the Bible. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he came into this world to save sinners I believe he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died vicariously on the cross, was in the grave for three days, was resurrected, has ascended into heaven where he pleads my case, and he's coming again for me. I believe all of these things. My daddy was a hard preacher, hard. He had pretty big hands and he would wad up his fist. He'd take his fist. He'd make a point. He'd punch his other hand like that. Look like he's going to beat you up. He would talk about the truth of scripture. and How he believed it. He would hold up his old tattered worn Bible. And he would show the spine. And he said, I even believe the cover. Of this book because it says, Holy Bible. Shield of faith is strong, well treated, and the fiery arrows of the evil one cannot penetrate the believers. Shield of faith, I believe. Nothing will shake me from this. That makes a difference. Take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. So, theology—that's the doctrine of salvation in the Bible. Here's what the Bible teaches about my salvation. I was saved in a way and in a time that I cannot understand. My salvation is eternal. that gives birth to eternal life. It is not temporal. It's not even immortal. It's eternal. And according to the design, plan, and power of God, I was born at a specific time. My days were numbered. The book of my life was written in the due course of time. What had been determined in eternity for me was worked out in time when God called me and I was saved publicly so that people could see. I was saved forever. I was saved in the course of my life He saved me. He has kept me saved. I cannot keep myself saved. He has kept me saved. I am saved forever. I am saved today. I am saved tomorrow. I am saved into the eternal ages of ages because of what He has done for me and what He has declared to me. This is my salvation It cannot be wrested from me. It cannot be stolen. I can't even give it away. The helmet of salvation. I am saved forever. Then the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. This is the only thing with which we are given by which we may attack the enemy. The sword. This is an interesting phrase in the Greek text because the word translated the word here. It's not, it's not lego, it's not logos, it's not any of that. It's Hrema, Hrema. First Greek word, last line in the Greek text. The word, estin, esten, Hrema. That means the uttered word, the utterance of the word. Christ was tempted. Satan came offering things. Christ responded with chrima, the applied, uttered word. He didn't just take a Bible and wave it in front of his face, specifically, with a word from the word, an uttered word, the utterance of the word. This is the sword of the Spirit. Try to make me believe that I'm weak. Here comes a word from Scripture. Try to make me think that I've lost my salvation. Here comes a word from Scripture. Try to make me think that I'm less than what I am in Christ. Here comes a word from Scripture, the utterance, the hrema. The utterance of God. This is how you stab him. Thrust him through. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the word of God is a two-edged sword. That means it cuts this way and it cuts that way. Wherever it goes, however it is swung, it is slashing and cutting it's powerful and active and alive. Hebrew says, and it divides us under the soul from the spirit. The soul, the sukkos, the soul, is the emotional man. The numa, the spirit, is the spirit man. They work closely together and most of the time seem to be the same thing, but. There are times when your emotions work against your spirit. That happened to Elijah. We've talked about him. It happened to a lot of saints in the Bible through the pages of Scripture. So what keeps us on focus so that we can recognize the need at time to divide my emotions from my spirit, my soul from my spirit, the word of God. So in this battle, the enemy, the evil one, some of his flaming arrows will try to attack my emotions, my intellect, whatever. But the sword that is drawn and thus is thrust through the enemy Is the utterance of God from his blessed word. That's why I keep saying we must be people of the book, of the Bible. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he came into this world to save sinners. Our invitation is open today. If you have questions about being saved or following the Lord in baptism or questions about church membership, we also have deacons and their wives ready in rooms. As you exit, you'll see them. And you can go in there and have a time with them. They'll answer your questions. Perhaps you're here, though, and today... The Lord has convicted you and you would be saved today. Today is the day that as a Christian, you would follow the Lord in baptism and you would come for that. Or as a believer, you want to transfer your membership or come into this body of believers in any way that we receive members. Well, the invitation is open for you here today, right now, for you to come forward and let me pray with you. So would you prayerfully, prayerfully stand all over this room? Father God in heaven, speak to our hearts. You know what we need and how you would call and draw us. And we surrender to your sovereign grace. So use this time for your glory as you see fit. As he sings, as the Holy Spirit of God moves, You come right now. You come. Come right now as he sings.